0: So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers.
1: everybody welcome back to hosers this is episode 57 um the we found out it's the trevor van van Reemsteke episode <laughs> of the carolina hurricanes yeah so as thomas put it the future leaf and the good van Riemsdyk. Hey, Carter, um, what's your name what
2: what's your name
1: what's my name it's carter
2: That's, you have, okay oh my god this is the shittiest beginning in the podcast.
1: No, it's not. You, you, just, you just broke up the whole flow of the, the intro. you going to
2: introduce yourself?
1: Well, I was introducing the episode first. And okay. Everyone knows it's, well, for fuck's sakes, Thomas. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Hosers. <laughs> my name's Carter. This is episode 57.
2: What's up, Thomas? Hi, my name's Thomas. How are you, Carter?
1: <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, well, we'll keep all of that. That's a good minute of content right there. <laughs>
2: Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of content, we're joined by
3: uh, Leafs Nation editor
2: um, and Mr. Business Casual himself, Mikey Stevens. How are you, Mike?
3: Uh, that's not the name that I was told that I was going to be referred <laughs> as. <so>. Uh, that's <laughs> not, <laughs> not my name. <laughs> Sorry, what's the name? Sniper 81 Yeah. We just didn't <laughs> want people doxing your email. People it's just wanted to know my Gmail that I never is, fine.
2: Wait, is your 81 stuff because of Kessel?
3: You better believe it's because I of Kessel. I
2: did that connection. Oh I'm,
3: I'm literally wearing, right now, I'm wearing a sweater that I, I'm wearing a sweater from the double team that I finished my minor hockey career with and on the back is my number 81. <laughs> as we speak right now.
2: Just living in the past.
3: Oh yeah, living up, <laughs> if, if coach had put me back in in state, we definitely <laughs> yeah, we, wouldn't won. But if state. I didn't
2: break my knee in junior C,
3: you want you want to see me throw a football over those mountains? <laughs>
1: yeah. Don't worry, boys. I still wore I still wore some team gear out at pickup hockey tonight. Looked like a fucking idiot.
3: No, it looked like a legend.
2: <laughs>
3: oh my god. I was waiting to just like chime in during the whole uh, intro snafu there, but I yeah, like I didn't want to break this the suspense, break the surprise.
1: Oh, okay. Thomas already broke everything with that <laughs> <What>? fucking intro. <laughs>
3: Oh no, just... no i i i made the content
2: better <laughs> you did by breaking the fourth wall you know, so... <laughs> that's a little bit inside inside the inside you know? yeah it's, it's
3: a N- very, very meta podcast you guys got it yeah
2: exactly be. that's uh, what we well, are we're the meta hockey podcast exactly.
3: yeah we're the
1: the meta multi-sports podcast or general sports podcast general sports podcast obviously that when we just talk about
2: one sport generally
1: <laughs> generally one sport <laughs> yeah uh, so as you guys have noticed, Chris is still on his honeymoon so he's still paranoid.
2: Yeah, he's still as we were talking about in last week's t- terrible audio quality episode. Um sorry, Carter. That's okay. Uh so we say that he's lying awake in bed uh, and unable to perform because he's Se- wondering what we were talking about. <laughs> we mean sexually. It's actually, no, we're talking about on the Disneyland ride. He,
1: he, he wasn't tall enough to ride the rides perform at so the weird. carnival game <laughs>
2: um, so we're
1: yeah. bad boys are on the loose for another week with them, you know
2: they'll probably be the least listen- no, sorry, man. Wow. <laughs> because, no sorry
1: wow wow
3: <laughs> this is how you treat your guests over Chris, here Chris, wow Chris,
2: bring, Chris brings in the people man. that's true um, <laughs> he's the one he's the one that obviously has keep structure to this podcast
1: yeah I know. Thomas and I have just sent the whole thing off the rails in oh. two short episodes. Yeah, it's
2: okay. We're not even holding it
3: All those years of just work and, and, and building up the pod, they're just done. He leaves for yeah. two weeks and you've thrown them all away. Yeah. The we lost the business. I don't know what happened, Chris. <laughs> you
2: just like get her... You can just get our SoundCloud account like, suspended for something. I was gonna say Chris has like are.
1: a cease and desist in his mailbox. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just gets subpoenaed for something is yeah. no idea. <laughs> well, hopefully that doesn't happen to Chris. He loves this just as much as we love him. So hopefully he's back next week and order will be restored. Back to hosers okay. in the world. Um so yeah, Mike, speedy sniper eighty one at rocketmail com. Thank you for uh, <laughs> throwing them off his trail
3: yeah yeah they'll <laughs> never know now
1: <laughs> so uh welcome to the hosers welcome to the podcast um thanks for having me guys i appreciate it no worries sorry no. it was so late I had to go play um i had a very important beer league game that i had to attend
3: no it's okay it's it's uh podcast after dark it's the only way to do it <laughs> the after eights yeah the after eights
1: <laughs> like the mints <laughs> the mints yeah <laughs> Those things, those things are so
3: good. You know um, what? I
1: they're found a sponsor like this... for you guys. What?
3: what? Found a sponsor for you guys after eight oh, minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And this episode of Hosers has been brought to you by
3: After Eight Minutes. <laughs> those are
2: only, I've only seen them at one place, and they're at my grandma's house.
3: And that's it. Yeah, well, they only exist in grandma's houses. Well, we gotta go yeah. to Thomas's grandma's house to get Ooh. one. Let's go. <laughs> uh, that and uh, what
2: was the. Campinos Oh yeah Oh my
3: god The gosh. like little Sort of um The like yogurt Yeah candy Oh or... man Those are <laughs> good though man Yeah Yeah <laughs> Yogurt like, the, the candies swirl? Yeah yeah the swirls Yeah the swirls. Like yogurt candies though Like how yogurt. wild are those <laughs> <laughs> And we love We ate that We ate that shit up As kids man <laughs> Yogurt candies <laughs> Yogurt candies Werther's After
1: 8's yeah. No All the good shit all the good shit. That's why we turn if you want to be like us kids Campinos. Eat eat, eat Campinos. Eat eat, eat Campinos. (laughs) (laughs) There's our second sponsor. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Suck on some Campinos. Suck on some Campinos. Brought to you by
2: Public. Chris says suck on that (laughs)
1: Campinos. Okay. (laughs) Bringing it back to real life here. Um, So what we do Mike every guest that we have on we have kind of a theme and we like to start off asking them what got them into hockey and what like what was the what was the first thing you remember about hockey that like really made you fall in love with the game
3: um man like well it's it's honestly like you grew up in Canada right that you sort of it's like a rite of passage like you kind of have to like hockey essentially like especially going to going to school like kids are talking about the game before like you kind of sort of have to so one of the first things I remember like because I think we're all pretty much the same age so it would I remember just uh, even though I, I don't really think of him as like a favorite player or anything but I remember Owen Nolan on the Leafs oh yeah like score I think he scored two goals and for some reason I, this was after <laughs> probably this was after I, I even started liking hockey like I'd liked it forever but after I started liking hockey, Owen, Owen Nolan scored two goals. And for some reason, that just blew my mind. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I remember telling my dad, like, oh, shit, this guy scored two goals. And he's like, yeah, cool, like, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, two goals, though, in the same game. It's crazy. And ever since then, it, it, it's been, you know, now uh, now I'm directing Thomas to write about it. So there you go. Owen Nolan
1: started it all, huh?
3: I mean, not really. Like, it was probably Matt Sunday, to be honest. It was, yeah. It was probably, like, it... That I think I feel like everyone kind of around our age is uh, owes it to Matts. Like he just did. he kind of was the the shining example of of Toronto hockey. I
1: know i I, cr- I was at his last game,
3: oh, and I cr- and I cried
1: when they like lifted up it. like i so i'm I admittedly am a Habs <laughs> fan, grew up a Habs fan. but when I was at the game and they raised his jersey, and everyone stood up and clapped for him for, like, a good ten minutes. I I definitely was like, holy shit! This is like one of the most emotional things I've ever been a part of.
3: I think either even if you're not a Leafs fan, like in that moment, you it, you're seeing like the culmination of the like you're seeing the the culmination of a career of this guy who like means so much to this fan base. Yeah. That it, it like even if you're a Phoenix. Not Phoenix, they don't exist anymore. Arizona Coyotes fan. <laughs> they
1: they did at the time though.
3: Exactly. Okay, at the time, even if you were a Phoenix Coyotes fan, still, it's like whole like this is this me like when when um, uh when they honored like the rock like Rocket Richard or something when he finally yeah. came back and they they had like that nine minute standing ovation like yeah. I, I watch that on YouTube every once in a while and I'm still like holy man this is crazy I would have loved to be there and you were there for something like that so that you you, yeah. cher- you cherish that man.
1: Oh, absolutely, and you don't like you don't really, like I was I wasn't like it was the Leafs and the Habs and I was like I didn't think much of it because I was a Habs fan. And then once I was there, I was like, holy fuck, this is something that you'll always remember as a hockey fan, right?
3: Oh, absolutely. It's like a, it's like a seminal moment in hockey, like not just your team specifically, but like hockey in general.
1: Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I if ever I need a pick me up, I always go to YouTube and I watch Sakic passport the cup to skate around the ice for oh, the first man. time.
3: Have you ever seen a grown man that happy before?
0: No, never.
3: I don't think so. I think it's like I think that is the happiest a grown adult man has ever been.
1: <laughs> that was one of the classiest like times in hockey though, like the captain not skating the cup around the ice first. Oh yeah.
3: Cause you, you that could be the only time you ever get the cup. And yeah. and you chose to hand it off to a dude who's been on who's on your team for a like, season. Wasn't he on wasn't he a deadline rental? Or was yeah, because he was—he
2: yeah, he came he from from Boston. Like, yeah, like twenty something regular season games. About.
3: Yeah, so this, this is a guy who's been on your team for like three months, and this could yeah. be your only shot at winning a Stanley Cup and doing the whole customary skating it around and getting your moment and, and being in all the montages and whatever. And you hand it off to this dude who's been around for twenty games. Like that's that's amazing. Yeah. That's Sa- Sakic.
1: From, oh. No, sorry, I was gonna say Sakic knew he he knew he'd, he'd yeah. make the highlight real. <laughs> oh yeah.
3: Was that the
2: first real one that he did, that someone did that? What that was like mean? the first, first like that was the first time someone like the captain didn't skate around first, and like there was a a designated old dude that's never won before on on a team.
3: Oh, I'm sure they. Right. I feel like they, they did like, that for Lanny. True. Do you think they might have done that? I don't. I I don't know. I don't, I'm not big on Calgary Flame sisters. Yeah, so yeah. I wouldn't know.
2: Yeah, wasn't that wasn't nice. a Um. Because I was just going to say, like, if... Because I love that how that's become a thing. Like, I was just thinking of, like, deadline rentals of, like, old dudes that haven't won yeah. before. And it was, like, Kimo teaming in with Chicago.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Was it 2013? Was it DACA, I think?
3: Yeah. Was Hansus? Was Michael Hansus on that team, too? Uh, I think so. Because that would have or been another the, old guy, right? Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. And then there was, like, obviously the Hansy with... Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. but like it was his first like appearance in the playoffs ever, and I was like, oh yeah, I won the cup.
3: That's Um, nuts. That's that's he spent like what 14 years out of the playoffs or something. The first time he gets in, he wins a cup. (laughs) That's why on the first pairing.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's not even like he was just like, like chemo. Like I think they like purposely played him the minimum amount of games to be on the cup. Yeah. It's like yeah, like you could play exactly 10 minutes. In game seven, when we already had, like, a four-goal lead, okay. And then now you're on the just yeah. like And but you yeah. know he
3: partied, like, the hardest out of all of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. It would be like if Eric Moreland was, like, got Marcus All drunk at the parade. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude. It's like Jody even... Meeks just going <laughs> wild. Yeah. Well, it's like like Jeremy Lin, like, partied it up, and it's great. But, like, oh God, yeah. I love him. But he was on, like... Uh, the infamous like uh, highlight pack of Jeremy Lin's Jeremy Lin's highlights in the finals and like part of it is him just like adjusting his his armband while like walking <laughs> of <onto> the court <laughs> yeah did <yeah, actually. laughs> in like two minutes That's
2: fine.
1: Uh, I think my my favorite cup or post cup has got to be Ovechkin though he like oh yeah He he was like a kid with his like blanket well, like he did not put that cup down <laughs> And it's just like the whole As long as
2: he had it. There's been like such a narrative of him like being a loser and like he was gonna get apparently traded from Washington like just like three years before. Yeah. Like that's that was just all washed away of like the whole Dale Hunter part of his tenure That's what yeah. makes
3: his like fatherly advice to the Leafs lately so insane because it was only like couple years ago that mike milbury I mean, he, was telling him to be a, a student of the game and now yeah. he's like yeah they need to play more defense like buddy you've never you've never played defense in your life you're know, <laughs> talking about
2: yeah there's just yeah like he was he's always known as that guy that like i don't know just had this, uh, this ro- otherworldly talent and then just like yeah but it just oh my god it was so great to see and like it just needs to conclude with, like, everyone just should win the Cup. So it's just always, like, so easy to cheer for whoever's next. And that's why, like, the Sharks decline this year. So the Yeah,
3: it's... <laughs> they it's have so like, many guys. Like, Joe Thornton's got to win a Cup at some point, right?
2: Yeah. I don't think he will.
3: No, but think about what he said he was going to do after a four-goal game. Imagine, Imagine. him winning the Cup. <laughs> yeah.
2: Dude, it's going to be... It's, it's going to be like that, uh... What was that picture? I think it was in Vegas, and it was him and Brent Burns, like, shirtless, just walking down the street for some reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were just, like, out shopping together or whatever, and they were just, like... I think... Maybe just, like, tank tops, but just, like... No, they were shirtless. Just, I remember they're that. They were shirtless,
3: yeah. just, like, hanging out. They are like, oh, my God. That would, <laughs> that'd be, like, the whole summer. It'd be incredible. Like, like Ovi, straight up, like... I'm pre- did he, like, insinuate that he, like, had sex with a cop? Like, I'm pretty sure he did.
1: Okay. <laughs> There's, like... There's like photos of like him in bed with oh, the cup, and his like wife, his wife is, and yeah. his wife is like sitting in the chair beside him. Oh, yeah, like they he, talk, they did he like say that like he made
3: his he made his wife like sleep in the guest room or something one night so he could? Sleep yeah. with, I'm pretty sure that's like <laughs> that's out there. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah,
3: and like she did, she just have a kid too. Like it's. family like like though, man.
1: You only do yeah. that one. Nobody like <laughs> kicked
3: his wife out of like. Uh, so. So Mike
2: uh, yes. so I guess we're gonna get more into like of your personal experience other than just shooting the shit about hope okay. but uh so covering the Marlies for the past couple of years um is there anything that you kind of noticed with uh I guess your experience with Sheldon Keith, especially amidst all the Leafs chaos and everything or kind of how you could tell people that haven't really like don't know what kind of guy he is hasn't really heard him speak of just what kind of coach or what kind of personality he could bring in this hypothetical scenario
3: um he's a like he's a he the thing about him as a coach is that everything that you wish Babcock would do he seems to do like he plays his I know it's crazy he plays his um (laughs) The thing, what I don't get is, like, people, everyone's like, oh, you need some more experience, or if you're going to fire Babcock, you need to have someone there. And he's the most, he's the the best coach outside the NHL, like, point blank. Like, he's done nothing but win since he came here. It's nothing, nothing but win since he came to junior. He had a phenomenal junior run. And then he came to the Marlies, and they were constantly top of the league every single year. And then he wins a Calder Cup in you know, like in dominant fashion. And then even last year, like they were a bad team and he brought them to the, to the uh, Eastern conference finals with an 18 year old rookie defenseman playing 30 minutes a game. Like it's, it's crazy as a, as a person though um, dealing with him is being, is being good. He can be pretty like Babcock doesn't really tend to get like, like uh annoyed super often, if you notice like he does he does, but he makes it like sort of snarky like Keith will just ice you out like he he won't freak out at you, but he he can get pretty he can get pretty icy which is uh which is interesting, but he he's a good like he's he's a good person to deal with, he answers your questions honestly, he likes talking about hockey and he he's a good guy, I think that also when it comes to um motivation like he's a lot of players, like, okay, to put it in perspective, like, I think, uh, like, Haley Salvian wrote a great thing last year when she was on the Marlies beat um, for the TheAthletic.com, um, where uh, where uh, she, yeah, I, I don't work there, but sure, plug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, but she, and, uh, she was going through all the all the Leafs who were on the team now, who are on the team now, who used to be Marlies under Keith, and asked them what mm-hmm. their experience was like and everything. And all of them were like overwhelmingly like I love that guy. Like he did so much for me, or you know he, he really helped me in this area or that area. And I think it was like Rich Clune was was like uh, you know I I I'd, I'd literally skate through the end boards for that guy. I don't think a single player on the Leafs right now would say the same thing about Babcock. I don't think a yeah. single player on the Leafs right now would say I would skate through the end boards for that guy. None, not even Zach Hyman. He'd do that for anybody. Like it's, it yeah. it just it's just. I know this wasn't it wasn't necessarily a question, but it's just kind of time to to cut bait on that. I think. And Keith is, he teaches basically the same system, just with little tweaks here or there. He plays his top, number one power play for like ninety seconds out of the out of the hundred twenty second minor. He yeah. uh, he rides his young players like there's a re- like I know that's developmental purposes, but last year like he rode Lilligren and Sandin and Bracco and Brooks and Marchman and all those guys. He puts them in positions to succeed. He puts he puts he he um, he puts people in positions also to like be tested, which is something that Babcock doesn't really do. Like what like right now, Matthew should be playing on the on the penalty kill. He should be getting tough defensive assignments to sort of put him through a yeah. ringer and make him be good defensively. Keefe will do that to a guy who just comes up from like, he'll do that to like Brady Ferguson, like a guy on the Growlers who's like coming up, who can, be, who can be something, but needs like more time to sort of develop. He'll do that to him just to see if he can handle it. And I think that that's something that Babcock should probably do. So yeah, Keefe is, is someone who will do a lot of the things that, that a lot of Twitter. Um, I, I like to think that Keefe will do a lot of the things that Ian Tullock really wants Mike Babcock to do.
2: <laughs> Why not Ian just coach the team? Yeah,
3: you know, let's just let Ian coach the team.
2: Yeah. Um. So, I guess, like, if we're getting into this, like, the whole thing that kind of put it into perspective is that, like, it's such a common thing that you just see across sports and even hockey. Like, also that, like, there was a tweet I saw. I think it was Jake Belief's tweeted, but it was like, oh, like, sarcastically, obviously. Like, oh, you never see teams, like, switch coaches in the middle of their, like, of what should be their championship run and then like succeed. And like, it just happened to, and then he like listed off a bunch of cup teams that like switched coaches either just the year, pro, like the summer before or mid season. Like, I think of ball- nurse,
1: like it, it just How- happened in Toronto.
2: Right? Well, yeah. Just happened yeah, last like, year. Nick yeah. nurse. And then also with the blues where Craig Brube took it over mid year for Mike Hill. Uh the penguins with Mike Sullivan. Um, like and it's all these like it's all these new and coaches Dan Bosman that aren't, before him too, yeah and Bosman, and it's like and all with all those coaches it's not the guy that comes in that has the experience like, um, like who I know they didn't w- win the cup but like who would have like been like a big backer of Bruce Cassidy, like when he took in charge of the Bruins, like. I don't. I couldn't even name where he was before. Like off the top of my head, right? Now.
3: He he was in like Washington. I, wasn't he in Washington during was, the Yager years, right? And then he got okay. that got him fired, and then it took him like twelve years or something to get yeah. uh, to be get another head coaching job.
2: But like looking how he runs his team and like his systems, just generally from like my lack of really a lot of tactics, but and like and just how he speaks and his demeanor is like. Yeah, like, I think he's probably, like, one of the best coaches in the NHL right now of just, like, and being personable with the players. Like, he seems like he knows the young guys that can play well. People perform under him no matter what. So it's just, like, he's just getting the best out of his players, and that's kind of what a coach should do. And it, I think eventually it's just, there's too many, like, times where it just happens to, like, a team like this where they get a new coach – and it's just like injects this whole thing about it. And I think that the Leafs are at a point where like they just can't waste another postseason where they're just waiting around and like, especially with the amount of, I know there's so many contract talks and all this stuff with this team, but like Freddie Anderson's only like has two years left. Uh, Morgan Rodman has three years left. And then you have coming up after that, like, um, Your cabinet, and then your Janssen and then you suddenly go a year later, and then it's like, and then Matthews is right there, and then so it's just this like time after time, year after year, where everything you you have to deal with something every year, and once you have your team together, you don't want to waste it, and especially when it's something comes down to like John Tavares is only getting older, Mm -hmm. and like even though he's still under 30 and stuff, but it's like he's still only getting older. Do you think like? A lot of it will. Do you think his game will change a lot? And like when he's 32, probably not, but it's also still getting the most out of his contract that you signed. So I think it's just too many like positive things that happen to teams when the change and there's no real like downturn from it, I think, at this point. Like, exactly. It's just a clear thing.
3: Yeah, it's like it's also it's not even. Like, don't even look at it from a contract perspective. Just be like, why wait? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, this, you can't watch this team and think that they enjoy playing for this coach. They don't. Like, it's, it's very apparent. I, everyone's, you know, uh, Matthews hasn't looked as good as he can this year. Neither is Marner. Nylanders look fine, but, you know, in between benchings, it's hard to tell. Like, it's, you know, it, it's insane. And, and, and I, you don't think that those guys are sick of hearing Mike Babcock's voice every day? Like, I, I'd i be shocked. Mike Babcock, like, it's an underrated thing because we, it, it was big the first year it happened, but it wasn't big before. Like, Mike Babcock's been to Arizona to, like, sit down and talk with, with Austin Matthews. Like, was it three years in a row now? Two years in a row now? Like, that's that's yeah. weird. And that's, yeah. and and it's not to, like, transition the leadership core. It's to talk about frustrations at the end of the year and likely for this year, talk about why he didn't play two of the best players, not just on the team, but in the entire NHL when the season was on the line, like there are these things that just that he does that don't make sense. And, and the cracks are starting to show and the dominant conversation coming into the year was like, Oh, well, you know, the Leafs shouldn't have fired Babcock in April. Like that, that'd be too hasty. But if they start off this season really bad, then we got to have the conversation and they've started off the season bad. And now we're having the conversation and people are scared to have the conversation still. Like it's, how much more do you need to see from this guy? Like he, he complained about depth and Kyle Dubas got him John Tavares and Jake Muzzin and and Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot and Ilya Mikhaev and all these guys. Yeah. What else, what else could he possibly want?
2: I don't yeah. get it. And like, I you, think the, the, I think it was Damien Cox, obviously. Uh, I don't know. I'm, about,
3: blocked. I'm
2: blocked, so I don't know. I I'm blocked too, but I saw screenshots. Uh, oh, okay. The, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> of a tweet it was like at this point you have to like blame like, the the team that like uh, is given to backstop. I was like, no, that's the
3: exact opposite point. And, like what I, did he say that?
2: Yeah, yeah, he said that.
3: How galaxy <laughs> yeah. brain do you have to get to come to that? Are you are you kidding so me? Like,
2: oh yeah, he just gave you like a, like a star-studded roster. Like, um. I think yeah. the
1: I think the biggest thing with with Babcock like it and I think he's blinded by it like and I hate to use the analogy of like training a puppy or things like that but like when when dogs get to like six to eight months and they get big and you expect them to like act like a big dog but they're just puppies still and you get frustrated with them because they're doing things that like you're expecting of a much more like trained seasoned older dog but these guys are still like Like, Matthews hasn't been in the NHL for that long. He's still a puppy. Like, even though he's this big presence and he's playing beyond his years at times, he's still got these, like, young tendencies in him and these, like, unseasoned tendencies in him. And I think what Babcock does is he punishes them for just being young hockey players. And I think that's where a lot of the frustrations and a lot of the the disconnect comes with Babcock and the team is he doesn't really see them for what they actually are like they're these highly talented highly skilled under the crucible like hockey players that really aren't at a capacity to be operating at that level that whole entire time like they need to be allowed to fuck up they need to be allowed to make mistakes but not be crushed for it because they're just these young hockey players
3: yeah 100% and and the sort of the short leash like mistake averse kind of style of, of discipline that was totally fine when they when they were on entry level contracts and, and they were developing as sort of quote unquote prospects. But these guys are making eleven million dollars a year now. Two of them. Yeah. And the other one's making seven basically. Like this is not they're they're not prospects anymore. And even though they're young, they're not kid they're not kids anymore in from a from a monetary standpoint, they're not kids anymore. Like you need yeah. to let them play like real hockey players. I feel like we we. In leaf, like in, in, in the way that we look at the Leafs now, like Babcock looks at them, he doesn't look at them as real hockey players. He looks at them he looks at them as like kids who need who like need to be able to get sprinkled in there so they can sort of get get their lumps in and, and they're yeah. no like these are real hockey players. You play your best players in the best situations, and and we saw in Game Seven he, that that's exactly how he views math. That's not how he views Matthews and Nealander. And, yeah. and all these guys, he played Patrick. He played the veterans, Patrick Marlowe, you know Connor Brown, like guys like that, because he's he trusted those guys. Whereas your superstar um, young players are on the bench watching their season flo- like float away, because he doesn't view them as actual hockey players. He views them as as these projects. And part of the project was not putting him in this situation because he didn't trust him. Whereas now, yeah. the, now the contract states that you need to trust these guys, or else what the hell are, are the Leafs spending? 13 million dollars over the cap for that's I what think, it, when, it,
1: when he punishes them he forgets their kids but when it comes down to it that's all he can see is that they're kids exactly
2: and I think like I guess it's the again another like crossport analogy but like so obviously some listeners will know I'm a big Liverpool fan and obviously they're, they're the best club in the world right now um this is our general and, sports podcast our general segment sports, okay Are you, now we're European now we're going to Europe uh <laughs> but like they were stuck in the mud of like just like mediocre coach after mediocre manager and like and just getting and then like Jurgen Klopp came in and kind of like shifted the whole progression and a lot of it was because of his relationship with players and like the whole thing is a joke of like a Klopp hugs like there's like they they, he literally like hugs players when they come on and off on the the sidelines like it's just a whole like mutual respect where like I have to work for you like you have to work for me but we're still like working towards the same goal so I won't treat you like you know nothing like it's this like kind of where it becomes a more working relationship uh, other than like a looking down thing and I think that's the thing from the outside that we're seeing right now with Babcock is that it's more of like like you were saying Mike like he still sees it as young kids that have to learn and like, mm-hmm. and players do obviously get better and their prime is later because um, more experience is earned and certain aspects of the game aren't apparent and you have to wait till like 300 or so NHL games to really get a sense of what a player is or whatever but just like we kind of already know what those players are and what they're capable of and I think they are changing like Marner and Niemander have become these pretty solid defensive forwards and then Man. Matthews hasn't been there, but like he still has like one of the best shots in the NHL. So I think that's exactly where you should put him and put him in offensive opportunities and kind of give him that chance to really earn it. And I think it just comes from like a frustration point of view, but it's just like there's comes a point where like you know what this team is under the same guy and run by the same mentality that I think just a general thing has to change and I think making it a complete overhaul and in Dubis's mind I imagine that's with Keith at the reins but I think that might be just the perfect point of view and you see it so many times in the NHL where the AHL coach is suddenly rusted into the NHL position, and guess what? They're really good because they know these players, they know the system, they know the organization up and down. Like, yeah. you think Babcock knows who, like Tanner McMaster, can do? <laughs> like Jesus Christ, like
3: I don't know. <laughs> dude, I cover the team. I don't even know what Tanner McMaster can do. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but just
3: like I don't know, it's just like
2: this whole thing that it should be a perfect kind of picture and go fully go for it with that picture in mind instead of like okay that's like I'm in charge of the AHL part and like the AHL part has had success and, um, and then oh but then like when it comes to the NHL let's have Babcock take it and it's like no just like, like fully go for it with what's in your mind and this has a very strong like obviously a picture of what the team should look like So I think, other than kind of half-heartedly, like, oh, here's some Babcock old hockey stuff, and I'm like, okay, I'll sprinkle in having, like, keeping Newlander where in, like, uh, any other world you would have been traded. But, um, like, it's just, like, fully go for it and just, like, see what happens. And if it doesn't work for one year, then who cares? Like, it's not like coaches make a ton of difference, like, systematic, like... A crazy amount of difference that you'll make a mistake if you
3: fire back. It's also like Keith has shown the tendency that he's willing and open to change and that's yeah. his, that's probably his hallmark is that like when he, he is open to new ideas he he can't, you know, he's definitely sort of like an alpha kind of coach when he's in his, okay. in, in the locker room, like he's the guy who runs the show, he's all like I feel like every head coach is that way but Babcock specifically is a guy who's like this is my kind of shop and Keith is a lot like that but he will change like he he never especially on like a philosophical level like he used to be you know a very uh very sort of like hard nose like uh old school you know uh, nose to the grindstone kind of guy and yet as he moved as he got you know as he got more input as sort of the years moved along he became a lot more of an open book he became a lot more open to meeting with players he came to he became a lot more more open to creating human connections like even last year he he called, uh, he, was, he was open about in the media too, which is like something Babcock never do, where Adam Brooks was really struggling and he called him into his office for the playoffs and he's like, we need you to be really good to make this, to, to, to survive here, to keep our season going. Like that's, can you do that for me? And he was like, mm-hmm. yes. And he's like, great. And then Brooks had like a, a postseason for the ages, you know? Like it's stuff like that, that I don't, I just don't. And again, like, I, look, I'm not behind the scenes with the Leafs. I don't think any of us are, so we, we don't know. <laughs> Yeah. But um, it, at the same time, it's like I don't I, I just I can't see Babcock doing anything like that. I can't see him, you know, pulling uh, Alex Kerfoot in. Sorry, Alexander Kerfoot. My bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> into Zander. No, uh, so yes, yeah, sorry, z- sorry, Zander, yeah. Zander Kerfoot um, into his awesome being like, "Hey, man, we need you to be really good. We believe in you. Can you do that for me?" Like I don't see him doing that. I see him bringing him in. Telling him some story about a fa- uh, about a tractor on a farm or something, and how that is a metaphor, <laughs> and then being like, "All right, you get it. All right, get out of my yeah. office. I can see just that." Like, and... You have
2: to work harder and just make it like you have to play it harder, Like and not like anything
3: specific. <laughs> just play harder. There's <laughs> yeah. a there's a scene in, in Batman vs Superman where <sighs> <laughs> where um, where where Superman gets really sad because uh, he didn't see a bomb and it blew a bunch of people up. And he, and he goes into the Arctic and he sees a vision of his his father, I guess not his real father, his, like, adoptive father, Kevin Costner, and he yeah. tells him a story and it's, supposed, it's framed as, like, a poignant, heartfelt moment, but he tells him a story about how he had to, like, divert a river when he was on a farm, and, like, the entire audience had no clue what that was supposed to mean or stand for, and but, like, uh, the movie was like, you get it, and then <laughs> that was it and I feel like that encapsulates what Babcock does on like a one-on-one basis with players where he like brings them in and he'll tell them some like story about diverting a river on the farm and be like alright I really reached them and the player will walk out and be like the hell was that
2: you get it right
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. sure, Mr. it's Bob. like the, okay. the scene on Billy Madison when he's participating in the decathlon and he yeah. tells this, that story and he's like we're all now stupider having sat through that May God have mercy <laughs> on your soul.
2: know, <laughs> oh, oh, man. Like I guess but when it all comes down to like if it's the coach's fault or anything else, like is it really time right now to worry or would you wait like another couple months, like maybe pre deadline?
3: I don't I wouldn't wait that long. I would wait I would give mate Zach Hyman like 10 15 games. Mm-hmm. Right. Back in the lineup, we're like, to like okay. To be fair, they haven't had their full lineup for, or even anything resembling it, for a while. Yeah, we're missing Johnny Toronto. Yes, yeah, so they're, they're missing Johnny Toronto. Um, they were missing, they, you know, Dermot. They're still missing Hyman, right. all these guys. At the same time, though, a lot of teams, when they're so number the one, Peng-
2: the Penguins are missing Malcolm.
3: Yes and, and and also like a lot of teams when their when their 11 million dollar center goes down they don't have another 11 million dollar center that they can be like all right cool like, that's the whole point of having Tavares and Matthews is that if one of them goes down you have freaking Tavares or Matthews to step in like it, yeah. That's the whole point. That's the reason why you paid Mitch Marner 10.893-whatever-million dollars a year is when someone goes down, let's say Tavares goes down, he can, lead, he can drive his own line, and he hasn't. And so, to be fair, that is not exactly working in Babcock's favor, but at the same time, that, um, you have a roster that has all these phenomenal players on it. You take, even, you take away Tavares, Hyman, and uh, Dermott from the lease roster, and look at where they w- still were, like that, like that. Even on paper, that's a phenomenal roster. Yeah. So there's no excuse not to win with that. Yeah. So I, so I would say, give them 10, 15 games with the actual full roster back at the helm. And if nothing changes, and if you're still saying that it was beautiful after laying a, you know, laying a turd on the <laughs> ice against the freaking Kings on a Tuesday night or whatever <laughs> oh it was, God. then it's done, man. Like then, yeah, then it's. it's fun. impeachment impeachment yes exactly (laughs) that
2: that game fucking
3: sucks that was that game was you know very rarely do you like do i watch and i feel like all of us like watch hockey and and are like this is work like (laughs) like that game felt like work i just pulled like i just pulled an all-nighter the night before for like a research paper for for school and i was exhausted last night like to the point where like my head was killing me and i was, and i'm like i have to stay up because it's my job like i have to finish and delegate post game and stuff and i don't want to this game is so boring
0: yeah
1: well that's uh, the there there comes a point in time where like where you have to walk away from like i know you had to walk, but like i ran into a situation where i so i coach a men's college hockey team i left a game in the third period last season because i was embarrassed you just left <laughs> like, i left i was like, got off the bench yeah, I was like, you. I passed it over to Chris and, and Dan. I was like, you guys can have the rest of the game. This is ridiculous. Why doesn't Babcock and do that? Yeah. He, maybe he needs to moneyball it. I was just, like, moneyballing yeah. it. I was like, and they won at the end of the game and to this wow. day. So it's been, like, a year later. And this is, like, the meanest thing I think I've ever said. I was like, you guys didn't deserve to win that game. I was embarrassed to watch it. And I walked out of the dressing room.
3: And they're like, thanks, coach. They're all, like, celebrating. They just had this great comeback win. Like, you guys, may God have mercy on your souls. And just yeah, walked out.
1: But I feel like that's the point
3: where the Leafs are at right now. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. It, it, it's at the point now, and, like, this is the worst, I think this is one of the worst positions you can be in sports, where it's at the point now where even every time they win, you can't celebrate because you're like, oh, man, this will probably keep Babcock around. <laughs> yeah.
2: Or even like it's definitely not sustainable to like, it was not a dominant win or anything. Like, no, they're getting they're squeaking out all these points where it's like Babcock and everyone could point and be like, look at the, like look at the points. We're still in the playoffs. It's like yeah, but it's like
3: that shouldn't be the bar.
2: yeah, yeah, like these what? games look terrible, and like you're playing. I, I was like gonna say
1: with with their cap and with like the firepower that they have, they there's almost no
3: well, there is no excuse. You have yeah. John Tavares and Austin Matthews on the same team, and you're saying, "Oh, we're still in the playoffs, so it's good enough." Like, no, you should be <laughs> you should be challenging for the Rocket Richard. Legitimately, yeah. I don't care if Cody sees he's in your top four. You should be challenging <laughs> for the Rocket Richard, or not Rocket Richard, for the um, President's, President's trophy. trophy. Did I say yeah, Rocket Richard yeah. twice? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, jeez. It's, so, it's it's fucking midnight. The, the, like the Leafs on. have you fired
1: up? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, that's a, and so we talked about the Islanders last last episode and just how they're like how these B B plus players are making are turning the NHL on its head. Like there's no excuse why like a group of misfits can pull pull together a set of wins like that and the Leafs can't. It's crazy yeah, to watch. It's, it's...
2: It's just so like, I don't know. Like, I think I had a discussion with another person earlier when it was more like the fire backup stuff they're on the losing streak. But it was like, it's just like the Leafs seem to be playing more to not lose. Mm-hmm. And if like, and if their whole thing is that like we want to be a balanced hockey team, we want our stars to be defensive. Well, like, what if you just threw that all at the window, and just went extremely offensive? like everyone's cherry pick it and just see what happens
3: he would never do that because that's because like, that's no, I know man like,
2: i know he wouldn't but it's like it's just like just kind of like go into this like if you really want and it's kind of the thing thing that i was talking about earlier where like, do this was um should go into what he wants and like if he wants an all-skill team then it's like okay you could have skill and defense too but it's like maybe just become that team that just like will not stop for anything and that's kind of what Vegas was in I, their I was, first year
1: I was just about to bring up the Vegas mm-hmm. yeah like, like they point. would
2: forecheck like no one's fucking yeah and and it's like, not like
1: defense offense it's a presence team like yeah. they, Vegas their first year they if you watch them play there was no less than two guys on the puck at any like time all over your ass, like, yeah it was like a swarm of bees and no yeah. one knew what to do with them and Like it was craziness to watch, and I always go back to the Vegas analogy. When you have a team full of highly skilled, highly energetic, and like highly excited players, you need to let them play like that.
3: No, absolutely. Like you have, it's doesn't. It feels like just even for being around the Marlies now, where I can see it at like the HL level too. Like it just feels like the entire organization is now geared or tilted towards Dubas's vision except for Babcock he feels like the one okay. holdover like it's and he's the most important kind of figurehead I guess on to an on ice perspective like Keith plays Keith coaches his team the kind of like quote-unquote dubis way their scouting staff is, is set up to to find quote-unquote dubis players They're they have that biggest analytic staff in the league because Dubis like I know Dubis is not like the pure math you know person that we that we sort of Pegamas but that's a, numbers are a huge thing for him, and they've and again they've employed the biggest analytic staff in the league, and yet when it all comes down to it, they still employ one of the one of the only coaches in the NHL. I don't know, like not one of the only coaches in the NHL, but one of the one of the like more prominent coaches in the NHL that is stuck seemingly in an era that is passed by, and is yeah. also incredibly resistant to any sort of like evolution. Like he just will not—he will not change. He does the same stuff over and over again, and, be, and not because it works, but it's because he's done that same stuff for years, yeah. and it's just—it's it, what he does now. Yeah, the backup, like the 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 back-to-backs with backups and stuff, is is the thing. Like other teams are trying different things. I know the prevailing sort of. Uh, Think the prevailing thinking is you play your starter on the first half, you play your backup on the back half. But other teams are are moving around with that. The Bruins, for example, are doing that with Tuca and um, and Halak, and it's working for them. But Babcock yeah. will never do that because it's just not the way things are. It's not the way he's done things.
1: Well, if you look at like the like the nurse situation with Kawhi last year and load management mm-hmm. and everything like that, like that's. We talked about it last year on the podcast, how we're like, we're excited to watch this season because we're wondering if that's going to pour over into the NHL more prominently, and it most definitely is. But when you have, like... Yeah, Babcock's just, like, way too old world to do anything like that. And it's, like, happening in his own backyard, and he can't open his fucking eyes, you know? Yeah,
3: it's crazy. Like, it's... Uh, he's... Gubis is trying to make the Leafs into one of the more, like, cutting-edge organizations in the league. He's done that with... At in at the AHL level, like the Marlies are given NHL facilities, NHL resources. They're treated like NHL players. They're developed like NHL players. Like it, like people don't like you know other teams don't do that. People like uh, other teams throw throw their players to Rockford or Peoria or something and hope that they look at what Bakersfield does with Jesse P- Puljari and stuff. Like they just kind of throw yeah. them there, and it, it like at, and you know Dubas... Firmly was like that is not going to happen in Toronto. We're gonna we're gonna buck that trend. Every part of this organization is quote unquote cutting edge, except for behind the bench on the NHL team, which is probably <laughs> the most important part. That's it's the, ca- the captain of the ship. Yeah, yeah. it's it's insane, man. Like it, this, it just it doesn't seem like there's a direction that that this team needs to be like that this team is going, it, it, or it seems that the power structure in their organization is just out of whack because the coach seems to have all this influence when the GM is his boss, what the GM won't fire is important. Like it's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, well all we it, can do is hope for the best. I guess.
3: Like this. Oh yeah. <laughs> like this. the passion it's, it's that gonna, unites us all.
2: It's going to be an interesting, like, I guess a couple weeks. Cause like now it's kind of the tipping point. You could kind of sense it. And yeah. I feel like tomorrow they're going to shift the bed against Vegas. Yep. Maybe you're listening to this listener hypothetical listener after they do sh- shit the bed in Vegas.
3: while they're shitting the bed during
2: well, yeah, okay. <laughs> the intermission when Vegas has a 5-1 lead. Um, yeah.
3: first intermission yeah
2: yeah yeah. <laughs> imagine um, like and then they play Philly again on Saturday and it's like it's a good team and they just stomped all of the Carolina Hurricanes best team in the NHL um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. so confirmed yeah <laughs> like yeah, like it's going to be, like it's interesting. And speaking of interesting, because we're now, we're obviously just covered that all of the NHL as we try to, uh, as much as we try to. A trade just went down, literally, yeah. as we were just about to record. Um, Robbie Fadry, always listed as a high potential, but the injuries always play him, is heading to Detroit for Jacob Delarose, who was a waiver pickup in Detroit last year for Montreal.
3: Yeah, I forgot that he wasn't on Montreal anymore, to be completely honest with you.
2: Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> all my time with Wings Nation has been long ah sure yeah <laughs> you know way yeah. too much yeah um I think it's honestly like a win for Detroit and it scares me that Yazman's yeah, just like making all these solid moves like uh, Perlini trade also like um they traded away Al- Alex Regulo who was like an okay defenseman for the Knights and he's an overager right now and he's getting all- he had all his ice time with focus last year and it's like Yeah, just basically pump and dump him from like a a solid junior year for like an actual NHL talent. And they basically just did that because Dilla Rose, who was like, he was below replacement level for like his entire career, was just traded for like a high skill, like possible forward, even if he gives you 40 games a year. Yeah. Fabry's going to score like 10 goals in 40. Like, it's still like, he can still play high up the lineup and maybe Detroit becomes the next Islanders next year. Like, they have just... <laughs> dude, on like, they have, like, Perlini's an underrated talent. Like, yeah. Fabry can yeah. just be healthy and given a big opportunity because there's no one else in Detroit. Yeah. Like, well, th-
1: Thursday at 11.23 a.m. Or 11... Th- or 12.13 a.m. <laughs> November 7. We're timestamping that Thomas yeah. Williams says Detroit's, Detroit's going
3: to make
2: the playoffs no, um, not just
3: make the playoffs. They're going to make it to the, like, what, second third? Did they make the second round? Or the third second round, round? Yeah. yeah. They okay.
2: played the Carolina Swept in the second
3: round. Yes. Uh, yeah,
2: Obviously, I, uh, they're on the play. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Like, Detroit's making these They like, are just killer moves. And I think they could be a big free agent player this summer. I don't know who.
3: I don't know 90. why Detroit is has always or is always looked at as like a big free agent destination because it's not like it's Jeez. it's not a the great culture. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's like everyone the wants to
1: play at Little Caesars. But I'm yeah. like, it's
3: it's Detroit, you know, <laughs> it's
0: like
3: a it's free crazy not. Bet. Yeah, free, <laughs> yeah, you free, crazy bet <laughs> No, but it's like it's not. Detroit is it's always been that way. Like, look at all the look at all the players who have signed like one or two year contracts in Detroit, like I guess to win the cup, like that I'm like Steven
2: Weiss like those
3: Oh yeah, Steven Weiss. Um, no, I'm talking like Brett Hall and like Luke Robotai, yeah. guys so, like that who just But that's
2: when
1: that's before the NHL got flipped out of its head.
3: Yes. And now yeah. it's and now they've been ab, like abjectly horrible for the last little bit, but like that I feel like that culture still like there's a sheen of that still yeah. on there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like like well, like and like now those people, the people that play like the Torontos the Fabries grew up Turn like the lids era oh like, yeah that's in the so they're like it's the jerk from, like, Red Wings, like yeah well there's like,
1: always going to be a luster to play for an original six team like I yeah. I think that would always like that'll always be in like a hockey player's DNA.
3: It's also like if, if you're like think about it as like a free agent like your your agent is giving you all the offers and it comes down to like you know the Minnesota Wild have offered you like, $3 million a year, and, De- and the Detroit Red Wings have offered you $2.5 a year. And you're like, yeah. I think I'm going to go to Detroit, like, honestly. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. even though and it's well, you're, less you're money. Part
2: of, you're part of the legacy at that point. And yeah. like, like it's- I guess when I was writing a lot for PlayStation it was still, like, two years ago, so it was, like, still down the line. But now it's coming up that, like, a lot of the shitty players and the shitty contracts are now starting to, like, look more realistic as, like, endings, like... Yeah. Um, not advocate for this No, he's on soon. forever. But, uh, like, Ericsson is in last year's deal. That's, like, four and a half mil. He's, he's a scratch, too, right? Yeah, yeah. He's in the HL. That's, um, that
3: is, that's insane, man. That's yeah, nuts.
2: That's, that's the Yazman thing. I think, seriously, he's going to turn this team around. He's been oh, making all the smart moves, and it's, like, it's insane.
3: He was the best general manager in the league until he stepped down out of nowhere. And yeah. then he went to the team that everyone thought he was going to go to, and and they've done nothing but smart things since.
2: Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's yeah. I think if they make the, all the right moves and they have the money to work with, it's like all their good players. Like Larkin's getting paid for the next five years, like six point one mil, mm-hmm. which <laughs> is absolutely insane. And like
3: no, um, but ten point eight eight nine three for Marner, <laughs> fair for sure.
2: Yeah, for the Larkin's sure. good if he was on the links he would literally be like a 100 point player every
3: year no but like no but it was it was it was Marner that was driving the Tavares line for sure yeah yeah. for sure
2: I'm thinking of luck and playing Tavares Um, but yeah like I think all the contracts will all figure out in the next coming years and they can figure that out like the helms the lantannings the little overpays or whatever they'll have a lot of space coming up and they have the prospect system that's in the Grand Rapids right now with like, I, I'm not the big Rasmussen fan, but they have still have Zadino, Valeno. they have Cider who and Cider has like eight points and I think eleven AHL games as
3: a defenseman so far. As like an eight, what a ninth eighteen 18? year old. That's that's yeah. absurd. He just got drafted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's absurd.
2: Um, yeah, like and it's he and he's also like six five. Six Is he right handed?
3: Is he right? Is he right shot? He's a lefty oh yeah. oh well he sucks
2: oh no no he's a right-handed actually
3: oh he is okay then, yeah, he's, he the is greatest, then he's the greatest defenseman ever if he was yeah. a left-handed then they'd have to just make it work he's
2: the, he's yeah. the next colton perenco or the next
3: uh what J- jake muslin they'd have to make it work <laughs> yeah uh oh we live in a uh, nightmare we live in a yeah, nightmare yeah,
2: it's fine what this um yeah i guess that's pretty much it other than like Saying that Detroit's going to win the Cup if the Leafs.
3: Wow. You know what? I I wouldn't be shocked. Like they, they now that they now that all the bad like they have Detroit with space and with Steve Eiserman. That's scary, man. Like that is yeah. not, that is not like, a situation. Imagine if more, it yeah.
2: was like, like Tampa, but they had like already signed all those big contracts and for less. That's like not saying that not saying that they already have their headman and like they do or Cholowski or whatever. But like, they could maybe insider, and then, or maybe like all three of them together earn like, one and a half high whatever it's, yeah they they have it set
3: up kind of nice with this window, to kind of spend for like the next five years and then. Do you think will sticks around? To see that. I third? don't
2: know. I his systems actually like are kind of nice. Like from watching them a lot, like he. He has, like, no patience with lines. That's the thing. He's, like, opposite Babcock. Um, wow. I, I would has, like to
3: see that a little bit, you know?
2: He, like, he... Yeah, he, like, switches at See, like, every day. And he has, has certain players that, like, never stick. And he has... He's still, like, Babcock, right? He likes, like, Darren Helm up in the top six or whatever. Oh, so... Um, but, like... And Advocate or whatever, but... um yeah, like I don't know. It's especially like considering like who's available. Like if Bruce Pediger is fired or something, but, like you can maybe see an extension, but or a, con- a new contract with Detroit. But it's like I think they signed him on when Holland got his extension with Detroit because he was extended first before leaving for Edmonton. Uh, I think they extended Glatchel two more years, so this is. First year of that two year. So they could just fire. So there you go. Um, But yeah, I think maybe they'll change the coaches this summer and see and kind of if they want to make it this big summer of change, kind of like a New Jersey devil style kind of thing, with a high pick in hand as well. Hey, like a lafreniere would look pretty fucking sweet in Detroit. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Alright. On that note, Thomas. it's okay. Um, I, I'm hoping there's some Detroit fans Enjoying listening <laughs> to that And so there's um, like 80% of these fans That are like why the fuck are you talking
3: about Detroit You're yeah. yeah. you, you, know, you, 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 you have
1: some, some believers that you've, you've Carried over I think Yeah okay um, Do you want to Thomas talk about Just Win Baby or do we have anything in the mailbag
2: We don't have anything in the mailbag
1: Then we will talk side. about Just Win Baby
2: Did you update it
1: I did update it Oh shit Okay, we'll do that so Mike, Mike, do you know what our just win baby is? I
3: don't know What's just win baby.
1: So our just win baby, uh, it's a pool. This is, our, this is year two that we've yeah. done it, and we d- divvy up uh, thirty teams. So we don't we don't include Ottawa.
3: Oh yeah, cause, well <laughs> yeah, you want to do all the NHL teams, right? Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: And uh, we we just we just calculate the wins, and whoever has the it's most wins. It's just a win
2: league. Yeah. All right.
1: And so, right now, in first place, Christopher Killingsworth. Oh, fuck. Yeah, with 83 wins. Second place, first time ever climbing out of third place. <laughs> no, I'm in last. Is your boy, Carter. Nice. Feels That's good to fun. be in the won, top two. Mike, I won last year by a very far Oh, yeah? Margin, <laughs> yeah.
3: Can you, can you confirm that, Carter?
1: yeah I can confirm you okay. won. Yeah.
3: wow congratulations Thomas that's huge like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then Thomas you're in last place sorry buddy By so much? Chris has 83 wins I have 76 wins and you have 73 wins so oh, it's geez. a tight it's a tight race
2: I just remember Chris taking all the teams that I wanted to before yeah he Chris he took like he took the Carolina took... <laughs> he took Carolina the, seriously the pick I was going to yeah, Chris oh God, picked
1: God. Carolina over
2: Toronto.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'll pick Toronto, but <laughs> Well, good, that's a good pick <laughs> He knew something we didn't.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Chris picked well. He like he, he kind of saw the Islanders, he saw Edmonton. Um, he's got some good ones up in there. Uh, Mike, where can, uh, where can people find you?
3: Um, on Twitter, at MikeyStevens81. That number is just a, a through line in my life, I guess. <laughs> um, and also uh, on LeafsNation.com, where you can find myself and Thomas as well. Um, yeah. His beautiful, majestic work. Always. Ooh. I, I got to <laughs> say, like, anytime I'm about to put in a, you know, let's, like, can anyone grab this in the Slack channel? Thomas is already on it. So I, I got to oh, give, nice. him, give him props for that. <laughs> he, he, he buzzes well no, Not wave. lately.
2: Oh. Snaps for oh, snaps for
3: Thompus. Yup, yeah. yep, snaps and everything. Yeah. So yeah, Twitter and uh, Leafs Nation. That's pretty much it.
2: Cool, Thomas. Twitter at uh, no uh Leafs Nation, Canucks Army, Blue Jays Nation, and Yahoo Sports.
1: Oh, just a big, big, big variety. <laughs> just listing all my bylines. Grab bag. All your bylines there. Wow. All my bylines. <laughs> all right. Well, guys. Thank you for uh, sticking through us tonight. All right, have a good night, everybody.